there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hi, I'm Wendy Zuckerman, and you're listening to Science Versus from Gimlet. Today, we're telling the wild and bizarre tale of ivermectin. More than a decade ago, scientists were calling this a wonder drug because it was so good at treating a bunch of stuff, like parasitic worms and scabies. And one man in particular would come to think that this drug could save us from COVID. And he's at the centre of our story today. Chapter 1. Desperation. As the pandemic was starting back in early 2020, it was really awful for doctors working in ICUs. Doctors like Pierre Corey. He's a critical care physician and was working at a hospital in Wisconsin, leading a team of doctors. And once COVID hit his hospital, it got pretty bad. Well, everybody was scared. Everybody was scared. I mean, they'd seen the reports and New York was getting, you know, absolutely overwhelmed. There were basically no drugs to help. One doctor working at the time told me there was f*** all. Doctors like Pierre didn't know what to do. And they were basically just watching people die. No one was really offering treatment. They were just saying, do nothing, stay home till your lips turn blue, then you can come to the hospital. And in the hospital, they were doing supportive care, which is like Tylenol fluids, oxygen ventilators. It was clear here that what we were doing was not working. These patients were dying. They were not improving. In fact, they were getting worse every day. Pierre started to feel frustrated, thinking that there had to be something he could do to help his patients. He quickly teamed up with a group of other physicians who really wanted to find drugs that could help. And one of the first things that caught their eye had nothing to do with ivermectin at all. It was steroids. These are drugs that tamp down inflammation. And Pierre and his mates were looking at their COVID patients and were sure that steroids would help. Because it seemed like for his patients, their immune system was out of control. I mean, first of all, they were coming in. Fevering is a sign of uh, inflammation. So they were fevering. Their lungs were inflamed, so they were whited out on x-ray. And so Pierre wanted to use steroids. But at the time, the World Health Organization didn't want doctors using them. There weren't any studies showing that they worked. And they were worried that steroids might actually do more harm than good. And so Pierre told us that he got pushback from his bosses. In fact, there was one seminal event at a meeting where there was a lot of shouting and they were basically screaming, there's no evidence for this. There's no evidence for this. How can you possibly give someone a treatment without a randomized controlled trial? So I, I thought it was, abs- I, I, in my head, I, I was like, this is absurd. I knew they needed treatment. And I knew I was not going to be a party to a hospital or be a leader of doctors where literally the message I had to give them was to do nothing until some randomized control trial at some imaginary point in the far future would tell us what to do. I thought it was absolutely absurd on its face. And so uh, I would really happily resign. Yeah, 
Pierre was so frustrated that he left his job. And then, a month later, in June 2020, some results came out from this big trial showing that steroids were effective. They saved lives. So these drugs that Pierre had gotten a lot of crap for, the National Institutes of Health and the World Health Organization started telling doctors to use them. Pierre had the right idea. I felt validated, right? Because I'd endured a lot of harassment and attacks. And so here was a trial showing that steroids were indeed life-saving. But while steroids did help, people were still getting sick and many were still dying. And so Pierre and his colleagues were keeping their eyes peeled for other stuff that could help. Chapter 2. This is big. So here's where ivermectin enters our story. Pierre had known about ivermectin as a drug that kills worms in humans. It's also used for cattle and horses as a dewormer. And in the past, there had been some lab studies that showed it might be able to kill viruses. So Pierre started looking into it. And the first thing he came across was this lab experiment from Australia where ivermectin destroyed the coronavirus. But it's in, it's in a test tube. This is just cell culture, which usually doesn't, doesn't send us because, you know, not everything makes the leap from the bench to the bedside, right? So we had a question mark on it. We didn't recommend it. We didn't use it. We just had no data beyond that cell culture model. But after a few months, studies in people start trickling out human trials. And they were showing that sick COVID patients were getting better on this stuff. Like in November of 2020, there was this one big and very impressive paper. It came out of Egypt. It was put on a server for preprints. So this meant that it wasn't peer-reviewed, but during the pandemic, lots of academics had been putting articles on these kinds of servers. It was to get information out fast. So, The paper said that they had studied 400 people with COVID. Some were given ivermectin, some not. And they reported that it worked, like, really well. In the patients who had severe COVID, they said that 94% of them got better after taking ivermectin. And that was a lot better than the patients who didn't get it. And that meant that according to this study, if you were really, really sick with COVID you were all but guaranteed to survive if you were put on ivermectin. The lead author of that paper was a professor called Ahmed Elgazar. And so Pierre calls it the Elgazar paper. And like literally, literally Elgazar was like this really powerful result. It looked really good because it was randomized. Uh, it was relatively large and it had this massive magnitude of mortality. I thought it was a great study. It just made everything even more convincing uh, than it already was. At this point in the pandemic, towards the end of 2020, Pierre's working at a different hospital and things are really bleak. And Pierre starts thinking, damn, if we started using ivermectin on these patients, we could really help them. Like all of these people that were going to hospitals, filling ICUs, didn't have to go anymore. Like literally if you, because the other thing about ivermectin, right? So here, here's where it really get, get me, like almost gave me goosebumps, is that ivermectin is one of the most 
widely available medicines, one of the most inexpensive medicines. So like if you were to try to dream up a solution to the pandemic, you'd want it inexpensive, widely available, ridiculously safe, right? And highly effective. As just a compound to combat a pandemic, you can't think of a better ammunition than, than ivermectin. Pierre had been putting all these trials he was seeing into a review paper, and he posted it in November. Um, but I remember when I uploaded, I was like almost trembling because I was like, this, this is big. Soon after, he told me about this one email that he got from someone who had been sick with COVID for two weeks and saw his paper. She showed it to a doctor who was like, sure, I'll give you a prescription. And she took it. And she woke up in the morning, this is after two weeks of fevers and high heart rate, she woke up in the morning and she felt really good. Like she hadn't felt in weeks. And that was my first like uh, personal experience with someone who'd been treated with ivermectin for COVID. And then obviously so many people around me were sick. My, my, my network of friends, friends of friends, friends of family, family of friends, you know, the, you know, everybody was suddenly, you know, calling me and I just started treating everyone. Pierre started firing off prescriptions for ivermectin for his friends, for his family members. And in early December of 2020, he got invited to speak at a Senate hearing. Arguments over COVID had become super political. And this hearing was organized by Republicans who were looking for alternative solutions to COVID-19, stuff besides masks and quarantining. And Pierre being at this Senate hearing is kind of what took ivermectin to the big leagues. I think the only reason why the world is talking about ivermectin at this point was that thing went viral. What happened was, is I was insulted before I started to speak. One of the politicians, a Democrat called Gary Peters, said that this whole Senate hearing was about politics. Here's some of what he said that day. We have a responsibility to follow science, to follow facts, not conspiracy theories, and not disinformation. I was really angry because I've been, I mean, I've been doing nothing but researching and treating and doing everything for a while. And here he is like kind of calling me like a political hack. And I, I started off just in, in this, I don't know, and I think I showed a little temper and then I just kept firing. We have a solution to this crisis. There is a drug that is proving to be of miraculous impact. And when I say miracle, I do not use that term lightly. And I don't want to be sensationalized when I say that. That is a scientific recommendation based on mountains of data that has emerged in the last three months. The idea that the government was holding back a drug that was miraculous really hit a nerve. And video of that testimony racked up thousands and then millions of views. Pierre quickly became the face of ivermectin. He told me that he now regrets saying that ivermectin is like a miracle. There really is no miracle cure for anything. I know that, right? Does it cure everybody? No. I mean, I've had people fail, fail ivermectin. And, and so, I mean, you never want, no doctor ever wants to say this is a miracle cure. And the thing is that at this time, while Pierre is going whole hog for ivermectin, other scientists were showing interest in it too. I talked about this with Dr. Roy Gulick. He's an infectious disease researcher who was working with patients through the pandemic. And on top of that, he works with the National Institutes of Health to come up with guidelines on the best ways to treat COVID. When it came to ivermectin, 
One paper that stood out to Roy was this review that had put together around 20 randomized control trials on ivermectin. And one researcher wrote, quote, the results are compelling. Here's Roy. They concluded that ivermectin was associated with over 50% improvement in survival. And for, for an infectious disease researcher like you, like how, is that, that seems impressive to me, but for you. Very, very impressive. So 50% is a whopping mortality benefit. Um, we're talking mortality. We're talking death here. If you can reduce your risk of death by 50% by doing something, in this case, taking ivermectin, we'd recommend it. You should do that. And that got everyone's attention. Of course. Including yours. Including yours, no doubt. Including mine. Including all of us. If Roy's mates at the NIH had recommended ivermectin, doctors all around the U.S. would have started using it. So we wanted to be cautious. Some of those early studies were from desperate doctors who were just seeing if there was anything here. And Roy knew that better, more well-designed studies were coming out soon. So we figured, let's wait for those. The World Health Organization also held off. But with the pandemic raging, none of this made sense to Pierre. Patients were dying. And by now, countries across Latin America had started using ivermectin, giving it to hundreds of thousands of patients. So Pierre's like, why aren't we doing that here in the US? Let's go. In June of 2021, he went on Joe Rogan's podcast, which is reported to have millions of listeners. Here he is on the show. When I look at the uh, evidence for ivermectin, I've never seen a collection of trials so consistently and reproducibly positive. They line up in a way, it's almost visually beautiful, in that the treatment effects are always so large. Pierre said that his dream is that every household has ivermectin in the cupboard. And after this Rogan interview, in the US, ivermectin mania hits. Well, you've probably heard of ivermectin. 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 Fox News picks it up and starts talking about it. It's not some crackpot fish tank cleaner. It's a real drug. Real drug. Real drug. Prescriptions for ivermectin go through the roof. In just one week in August, insurance companies in the US, it's estimated, doled out more than $2 million for ivermectin prescriptions for COVID. People get so desperate to get this stuff that they start taking the veterinary form that's meant for animals like horses. Dozens of Floridians are showing up at hospitals for poisoning after taking a horse deworming drug. One person drank an ivermectin formulation intended for cattle to prevent getting COVID-19. And he ended up in the hospital for nine days, confused, hallucinating and shaking. With some people thinking that ivermectin is now the cure to COVID, academics worry that it's going to undermine the vaccines. And sure enough, surveys show that people who believe ivermectin works are less likely to get vaccinated. Chapter 3. The Avengers Assemble. So, here is where a polite young student from the UK enters our story. I'm Jack Lawrence. I'm a biomedical science student from St. George University, London. I'm currently doing a master's degree. Um, I also did a degree in biomedical science. My, my only memory of dissection um, 
all I remember is someone saying, I'll give you 10 bucks if you lick it. And like, that's my... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that tells you a lot about where I went to school. Wow. I didn't lick it. It was a human cadaver. 10 bucks. Um, so, so tell me, tell me, Jack, how did all this ivermectin story start for you? Yeah, so I was aware of the drug, but I ha- was not really aware that that people thought it worked for COVID until I was assigned a, a paper to look at. Jack gets this assignment where his lecturer asks him to critique a paper. You know, it's standard stuff like, what did the authors do? And what are some limitations of their study? And the paper he's given is that ivermectin trial from Egypt. That was that big paper that showed for people who were really sick with COVID, 94% of them got better on ivermectin. And by this point in the pandemic, that paper had actually become really important. It was included in a bunch of these ivermectin review papers, including the one that caught the attention of Roy from the NIH. And Just generally, it really helped to make the case that ivermectin was working here. So Jack dives in. I opened the paper and I just like the first thing that struck me was just how badly written it was. And I I put that down at the time to the authors be not having English as their first language. And I thought, well, that's, you know, that's fairly fair. That's not something I'm necessarily going to critique them for. But then a couple of things started like jumping out at me. Jack realizes that some of the sentences are written very well had perfect grammar, perfect syntax, everything was perfect. So I was a bit confused about why that happened. And that's when I started putting those sentences into Google, um, because I started getting a bit suspicious. And I found out that those sentences were directly plagiarized. Pretty much the entire introduction looked like it had been copied from elsewhere. And then some sentences weren't exactly the same, but it looked like someone had used a thesaurus to change some words here and there. So, for example, the name of the COVID virus is SARS-CoV-2, right, which stands for Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome. But in the paper... So, Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome was turned into Extreme Intense Respiratory Syndrome. Extreme Intense Respiratory Syndrome. Oh, you can't do that. Which is like, that's the name of the disease. Like, that is not... You, that, you can't use a cinnamon. That is just the name. And I was, like, shocked. How, like, I just cannot believe what I've just found. This is, like, the most insane thing. Uh, and then I was like, the problem is, like, where there's smoke, there's fire. That's, that's sort of my, my, my logic. So I was like, okay, so, I mean, plagiarism is bad. More important is, is the data legit? Because you can almost, I don't want to say you can excuse plagiarism, but you can almost look past the plagiarism and say, okay, well, is the data legit? To get to the bottom of that, Jack needs to get access to the raw data of the paper. That is, he needs to see the details of the patients, not just read the study. Now, luckily, there's a link in the paper that basically says, get your raw data here. He needs to buy a subscription to get it. So that's what I did. And it was password protected. I was like, oh. And so I was like, okay, fine. Let me, let me just like, make a couple of guesses. So I was like, okay, uh, what would they title it? Like COVID uh, password. Didn't work. And then finally, I was like, you know what? What about one, two, three, four? And like immediately the data sheet like opened in front of me. (laughs) I could see it. Uh, And that was quite an achievement. I was like so happy. I was like, yes. So now he's got this complicated data sheet and he's not entirely sure what to do with it because Jack's just a student. So he figures, I'll just start simple. I'm just going to count up like the number of people who've died because that's like a pretty major thing that you should get right. Jack starts with the people who had mild COVID at the beginning of the study. 
And out of this group, the paper had said that four of those who didn't get ivermectin died by the end of the trial. In the raw data, though, it showed something different. None of the patients with mild COVID died, whether they got ivermectin or not. What was written in the paper was just wrong. Like, that's very weird. At that point, I realised, like, this was, like, it was, like, above my pay grade. Like, I, I, I had done what I could. Like, I found all these issues, but I, I it, like, I needed more help. Jack reaches out to people who study this kind of thing when science goes bad. He gets connected with a guy called Kyle Sheldrick. Okay, we're running. A doctor from Sydney, Australia. I have been interested in research fraud in particular since before the pandemic. Soon, there's five nerds trying to work out what the devil is going on with this paper. Really, it's the paper that brought us all together. Like the Avengers assembling or something. Exactly. (laughs) Jack sends Kyle and the other guys the raw data in the evening, Australia time. And Kyle told me he doesn't sleep that night. I imagine what happens next is like a montage scene of a movie where the bright glow of the monitor reflects into Kyle's eyes and we just see spreadsheet numbers in his pupils scrolling and scrolling. Kyle zooms in on the people who had severe COVID in the study. And one thing he notices is that all of the patients seem to have died on the exact same three dates. And they kept repeating. And Kyle tells another guy in The Avengers... I think something's up here. Who tells him? Kyle, zoom out. It's not that death dates are recurring. These are whole blocks of patients that have been copied and pasted again. All of their details recur. Oh, my gosh. They can see that the patient's details, like symptoms, patient initials, and even typos were exactly the same. And then the team takes a closer look at those death dates. And they realise that some of the people died before the study started. So they were recruiting dead people, but only into the arm that didn't get ivermectin. Whoa, wait a sec, wait a sec, whoa, 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 whoa. So there are are patients in the data set who died before the study began, but only in the non-ivermectin arm. Whoa, okay, so can, can you just explain why that's so bad? So... If you want to know whether there's a difference in the rate of death between two treatments, so giving ivermectin, not giving ivermectin, you have to start with patients that are alive. I mean, that should be, I I don't think that should be a controversial statement. If you, on the other hand, have decided I am deliberately going to fake this research to get a particular result, a great way to do that is to recruit patients you know have died and you know didn't get ivermectin to inflate the death numbers in that arm. Oh, so, <laughs> one, one, one of the biggest problems in medical research fraud as a whole is going, well, is this fraud or is this sloppy? Is this person bad or did they make mistakes? Elgazar does not fall into that grey area. This is the most obviously incontrovertibly deliberate fraud I've ever seen. There's no explanation for most of these other than that somebody sat down and said, I'm going to fake some research. We reached out to Professor Elgazar several times for an interview, but he never responded to us. And it's not clear why a scientist would do this. 
maybe Kyle's wrong and it's just the sloppiest science you've ever seen. Or maybe they were hoping to get academic glory for doing one of the first big studies showing that this amazing drug could end this god-awful pandemic. We don't know. So Kyle, Jack, and the other guys put their concerns with the paper into an email. And in July of last year, Jack sent it to the server that had posted the preprint, saying that they should take it down. And Jack can't believe that any of this is happening. I, I mean, this was meant to be a, uh, an assignment. This was meant to be like a paper for, for university. And then suddenly it's turned into like a major international story. You know, it, like whatever was going to happen was going to be big. Within a few days, the paper was withdrawn from the server. Professor Elgazar told a journalist in an email that he wasn't given a chance to defend his work. Here's Kyle. It's been half a year now and we haven't heard anything. Uh, he just said, I'm going to defend myself, I'll put out the real data, and smoke-bombed, disappeared, never heard from again. From the science we've talked about so far, it's pretty clear that this isn't a superstar drug for COVID. The studies that found that tend to be sketchy. But that doesn't mean that ivermectin is completely useless. Like, maybe it could still help people if the drug is just of regular effectiveness. So it's not Steph Curry, but maybe more like the Bill Wennington of our pandemic drug arsenal. So, is it? To find out, you've got to listen to our full episode on ivermectin. Just search for Science Versus in Spotify, that's Science VS, and click on the link, The Story of a COVID Wonder Drug. Dump about halfway through. I'm Wendy Zuckerman. Back to you next time. 